0: What's up everyone and welcome back to the program. In Idaho, they have reinstated death penalty via firing squad and that could certainly impact Brian Koberger moving forward. However, I will caution you that Idaho isn't known as a state that is bringing people up to be executed and doing it in a quick manner. There are people who are sitting on death row in Idaho for quite some time. And according to some of the lawmakers in the state, it had to do with the fact that they couldn't get the proper chemicals to pass down the sentence of death. Well, now that the firing squad has been reinstituted, that all might change. And obviously, if it does, and Brian Koberger is sentenced to death, it might affect him. So today we have an article from the Idaho Statesman talking about this very topic. Headline, how could Idaho's firing squad law affect Brian Koberger? Idaho's history offers clues. Idaho's passage last month of a new law adding the firing squad as an execution method for death row inmates could one day play a role in Moscow murder suspect Brian Koberger's case, 100%. If he's given the death penalty, I'm sure it's going to play a role especially if they can't get the doctors to come and help out with the process of administering the lethal injection. So if that's going to continue to be an issue, and the fact that they can't get the chemicals to boot, well, they're going to have to go a different route. Now, we can argue until the next San Janar about the death penalty, and as you all know, I'm not a big fan of it. But what I think, or what you think, doesn't really matter in this case, considering... It's what the people of Idaho want and what the people of Idaho have voted for. So if that's what they have voted for, and those are the rules on the book, then Brian Koberger, if anyone, should be getting the death penalty if he's guilty. And while I prefer the whole volcano method, I don't think that the firing squad idea is the bad one. I know it sounds a bit barbaric, but, but according to that expert that we heard from uh, previously, that expert was saying that, Actually, the firing squad is much more humane. And I can see that, honestly, all it takes is one bullet, well-placed. And if you have a bunch of marksmen doing it, I don't think it's going to be that difficult for them to hit the target. Whereas you see with this uh, lethal injection sometimes, things go south. People are on the, the gurney for a couple of hours, squirming, all kinds of wild shit. If I was going to get executed and the state decided that my punishment was death, I'd want it to be as quick as possible, so I'm thinking that the firing squad might not be a bad idea. In December, police arrested 28-year-old Koberger for allegedly murdering four University of Idaho students in November. He remains in custody in the Lataw County Jail, awaiting a preliminary hearing in June on four counts of first-degree murder and one burglary charge. First-degree murder is the only charge that qualifies a defendant for the death penalty in Idaho one of 24 U.S. states that still actively enforces the death penalty. After Governor Brad Little signed a new law last month, Idaho will become the fifth state to allow executions by firing squad when it goes into effect July 1st. Latah County Prosecutor Bill Thompson has still not said whether he will seek the death penalty against Koberger, a former student at Washington State University, if convicted. Under state law, Prosecutors have 60 days from the time a defendant enters a plea to tell the court if they will ask a jury to consider a death sentence. So we know that this is all coming up, and we all know that it's looking like Bill Thompson is going to seek the death penalty here. Koberger's legal team is well buffered with lawyers who are capable of dealing with capital murder cases and with lawyers who are prepared to go that route if it's necessary. And as far as the state goes, I think that the people living in the state of Idaho, if you listen to the tenor of the people there, they all want Brian Koberger to get the death penalty if he's guilty. And with prosecutors always thinking about the next election, I would think that a death penalty case here is almost a foregone conclusion. Defendants in Idaho felony cases do not enter a plea for a district court arraignment. That's the immediate step after a preliminary hearing when a magistrate, Judge Megan Marshall, in Koberger's case, decides whether there is probable cause to take the case to district court for a possible trial. But the collection of charges against Kohlberger is extremely rare, if not unprecedented, in Idaho. No other defendant in recent state history has faced four counts of first-degree murder in a single case according to a poll of longtime law enforcement and legal officials and analysis by the Idaho statesman. Look, it's a very small state. They don't have this kind of thing happen there all the time. This isn't something that, you know, you expect to happen in a place like Idaho. This is a New York crime or California or Texas or you get my drift. These little small places, very rarely do you see a multiple homicide. I'm very confident it's going to be a necktie. Jessica Bublitz, a Boise criminal defense attorney, told the statesman by phone, The common sense reason everyone thinks it should be capital murder is the aggravating circumstances. I think this qualifies as particularly gruesome, gruesome or brutal, the manner and manner in which they were killed. The victims in this case were U of I seniors Madison Mogan and Kaylee Gonsalves, Zana Kernodal and Ethan Chapin. All four were stabbed to death shortly after 4 a.m. in an off-campus rental home. In what police later acknowledged in a search warrant application was a particularly bloody crime scene, and we heard how gruesome it was at the time. Before there was a gag order, we heard from the people who were on scene that it was a very bloody and gruesome scene, and to these cops, the ones that were there, it was the worst crime scene that they had ever seen, according to reports in the direct aftermath of the murders. First-degree murder convictions in Idaho require a jury to unanimously determine the presence of at least one alleged aggravating circumstance in order to sentence a defendant to death. Those include a defendant who has committed more than one murder, is likely to be continuing threat to society, and has shown an utter disregard for human life, or committed a murder that was particularly gruesome, gruesome, or brutal. Brian Koberger, if he's the man they tell us he is, checks all of those boxes. All of that stuff is true. The unusual nature of the student killings in Moscow, in the city of about 26,000, as well as Idaho, makes direct comparisons difficult for area attorneys, but several cases in the state in which an individual defendant was sentenced to death for multiple murders, Offer insight into whether Koberger could eventually face the death penalty. The History of the Death Penalty in Idaho. Two of the eight death row inmates in Idaho have been convicted of four counts of murder, but some of those murders took place outside of Idaho, and some played no part in their death sentence. Today Thomas Creech and Gerald Pazuto are the longest serving prisoners of the state's death row, where they both have evaded the death penalty. For decades, Creech 72 was subsequently convicted of a previous murder in Oregon and also pleaded guilty to killing a fellow inmate while incarcerated in Idaho for which he received the death sentence. Pizzuto, 67 was convicted of two counts of murder in Washington after his conviction and death sentence in Idaho. Joseph Duncan, who pleaded guilty in 2005 murder of four members of the Cordellane family, is perhaps the closest example of the Koberger case. He received three life sentences for the three first-degree murders in Idaho and was later sentenced to death in a separate federal case for the murder of a nine-year-old boy who was also a member of the family. If you kill a family member, it should automatically be up as a death penalty case. Duncan also later pleaded guilty to murdering a 10-year-old boy in Southern California and confessed to the murder of two sisters, ages 11 and 9 in Seattle, but was never charged. Duncan was diagnosed with late-stage brain cancer and died in federal prison at the age of 58 in March 2021. Well, finally some good news in this article, huh? The federal capital case against Duncan remains the only one in Idaho history, Josh Hurwitt, U.S. Attorney for the District of Idaho, confirmed to the statesman. He declined to comment on the Koberger case or say whether his office would consider participating. We do not confirm or deny whether we have an investigation into specific cases, Hurwitt said by telephone. A handful of other Idaho inmates have been convicted of three counts of murder. Among them are Robin Rowe, Adam Dees, and Paul Rhodes. Rose 65, the only woman on death row in Idaho, was convicted of murdering her husband and two children in a fire at their Ada County home in 1992. Two of her earlier children also died under suspicious circumstances in other states, but she was never charged in either case. Oh, well, it's just a coincidence that all of these kids happen to die in her care, right? D's 30, agreed to plead guilty to the first-degree murder of three members of a Boise-area family during a robbery in 2015. In exchange, he avoided the death penalty and was sentenced to three life terms without charge. Chance of early release. Seems like another candidate for the volcano if you're asking me. Rhodes was convicted of three murders in 1987 in Blackfoot and Idaho Falls. He was also suspected in Utah and Wyoming of four other murders but was never charged. Idaho executed Rhodes by lethal injection in November 2011 at the age of 54. In addition, Chad Daybell faces three counts of first-degree murder in his upcoming trial from Rexburg. He is pleaded not guilty to all charges and faces the death penalty. His wife, Lori Vallow Daybell, faces two counts of first-degree murder in her separate case, which is ongoing in Boise, but does not face the death penalty after the judge dropped the possible sentence as part of her expedited trial. So we've been talking about that for the past few weeks now, and Chad Daybell's definitely going to get the death penalty if he's convicted. Lethal Injection First Choice Until House Bill 186... The new firing squad law goes into effect this summer. Lethal injection is the only legal method of execution in Idaho. Bill sponsors and Idaho Attorney General Raul Labrador, who helped draft the legislation, sought to provide the state with another method after officials failed to carry out Pizzuto's planned execution in December. Prison officials have said that they have been unable to obtain the drugs needed to perform a lethal injection. In recent years, efforts by anti-death penalty groups to persuade drug makers and pharmacies to stop selling the chemicals to state prisons have been effective. Idaho Deputy Attorney General Lamont Anderson said in public testimony last month at a Senate hearing on the firing squad bill. And look, again, I'm not a big fan of the death penalty, but there has to be a way to administer it. In fact, Idaho no longer had the ability to enforce death sentences, said Anderson, chief of the firm's Capital Litigation Division. The sponsors of the bill, Republican Bruce Scogg of Nampa and Senator Doug Ricks, Republican of Rexburg, argued the same in building support for the state that relaunch firing squad executions. The method previously existed in Idaho as a backup from 1982 to 2009, but the state has never executed an inmate, by firing squad. Idaho currently has a death penalty law and we can't actually enforce it because we can't get the drugs, Rick said at the hearing in March, identifying the state's eight-member death row. And right now, Idaho has some very visible homicide cases that you may know are pending in Moscow and Rexburg that could end up being affected by this as well. And that's why they acted. That's why they put this new law into effect and that's why the governor signed off on it. The new law requires the director of the state prison system to decide within five days of a death sentence being issued whether the prisoner will be executed by lethal injection or by firing squad if the required drugs are unavailable. Lethal injection remains Idaho's method of choice, Skog told the statesman in an interview. Lethal injection is the first choice, he said, acknowledging that a firing squad may never be necessary. That could happen, but I think it will. More likely than not, I believe it will happen. The Idaho Department of Corrections is in the process of establishing state policy for the execution of an inmate by firing squad, Department spokesman Jeff Ray told the statesman by email. They must then be approved by the three-member council of the state prison system. The department also plans to spend an estimated $750,000 to renovate a cell block at the Idaho Maximum Security Institute that holds death row inmates so that executions can take place by firing squad. There is no planned completion date for the construction, Ray said. We don't have a timeline, he said. In the coming weeks, we will consult with other states, review their procedures and develop protocol that ensures the process is conducted with respect, dignity, and professionalism. Koberger's preliminary hearing is scheduled for June 26th in the Latah County District Court. All right, well, there's a little bit of an update on the firing squad and the potential that Brian Koberger might meet his fate at the hands of it. But before we get to that point, there is a whole lot of road to still cover and we'll be right here with you on the journey up that road as the case against Brian Koberger continues to move along. All right, folks, that's going to do it for this one. All of the information that goes with the episode can be found in the description box.